Amen. How many of y'all have ever had something stolen from you? Let me tell you a story. I had just bought my house. I told you earlier, young age. I think I was, I don't know, 25, 26. Pretty young to to, to buy a house. Nice house, three bedroom, two bath, had a nice big living room space. And so the first thing I did, I was single. So I was like, man, I need some roommates. I got three bedrooms. I need some roommates. So I had a couple other single guys that were working at the church with us. And I said, hey, I'll cut you a deal on some rent. And so I got them to move in with me. It's actually one of them is Pastor Justin from Georgetown, lived with me in our house. Um, We got a friend over from our church in Georgetown, Family Worship Center, Georgetown. So Pastor Justin, he lived with me. This was long before he was pastor. And and, and Brother Roger, who also still works uh, at our church in Florence. So it was three of us, the three amigos. And we were living in this house, man, and we were just living the life. And so we all made a big mess moving in. I mean, the whole neighborhood knew we were moving in. I mean, we were out in the front yard, bringing TVs in, bringing stuff in. So everybody knew the three new guys moving into the neighborhood. They all knew it. Everybody could see it. And so um, it had to be a couple, like a month or so after moving in that I came home. I usually didn't come home for lunch, but I decided to come home from lunch. And I show up, I pull in the garage, and I would come through the garage door, Right? And I would come through the garage door like this, and there was a, I would come through the garage door, which just puts me in the kitchen, all right? And this is the kitchen, and over here is the living room. And so there's a doorway and then the rest of the kitchen, and I would put my keys down on the counter. And I put my keys down, and I was like, wait a second. And I literally did this. I backtracked, literally, just like this, and looked through the doorway, and the TV was missing. And I was like, those guys, I just knew it. I knew it. Those guys had messed with my TV because it was my TV. And it was sitting on a TV stand right in the living room. It was sitting on a TV stand. And, and so it was pretty easy to pick up and move. It wasn't mounted on a wall or anything like that. And so I start heading over to Roger's room. And as I do, now, now, now notice we were all, we're all guys. We're all private, right? Our doors always got shut. And so as soon as I'm crossing the living room, I realize both of their doors are open. I'm like, that's not right. And as I hit Roger's room, I realize the window's open. Now I know something's not right. I don't see the TV anywhere in these rooms. I look over in Justin's room, and, and, and the, there's stuff all in the floor. Stuff all in the floor. Somebody had been under his bed, pulled stuff out, stuff all on the floor. And he's a pretty neat guy. You can attest to this. I mean, he's a pretty neat OCD kind of guy. I mean, you know, there's no mess in Brother Justin's room. And so, and so he's got stuff all in his room. And so I, I'm like, you know, what do I do? And so I pick up my phone. I go back outside because I don't know if, if the, the burglar's still in the house. And I call 911. Long story short, the guys show up and we're wandering around. It really is a long story, but I'm going to shorten up th- this part of it. The cops get there. We're filling out reports. And as we are, Justin... Brother Justin walks over to the neighbor's house, which was vacant, peeks in the window, and all our stuff was in the neighbor's house. Isn't that amazing? So we walked in, and the cops, of course, searched that house and made sure that nobody was in it. And then we walked, and we were going to do it in the back. I said, no, let's walk in the front and make sure they all see it. And we walked in the front, 
and picked up our stuff and walked back into my house and put our stuff right back where it belonged. Amen. Isn't that good? I mean, God, even though our stuff got stolen, God kept it. Amen. Right next door. What an idiot burglar. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just saying that's just stupid. But, but it worked out for us. God kept our stuff. Kept us safe. And the next day, I called the alarm system company and had them install an alarm system. And ever since then, I've had an alarm on our house. You know, the devil wants to steal from us. John 10, 10 tells us that the devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his entire purpose. And what we've been preaching on for several weeks now is the fact that the most important thing that you and I can receive is the Word of God. We talked about the parable of the sower. You can look it up in Mark, uh, Mark, Matthew, and it's in a couple of the Gospels. Uh, Mark chapter 4, you can look it up. But, but in that parable, we see that, that the seed of the word is thrown out and that the, the object of the devil is to steal the word. I want to talk to you today and, and maybe even do a couple of, of, of messages on this. I may litter them in through Thursdays and different things. But there's several things in our lives that steal faith that steal the word. And I want to help you identify them so that your faith is not being thwarted. I'm going to give you another TV story. My daughter, y'all saw them earlier, two little girls, they're beautiful. One is two and a half, and the other one is just over one. She just turned 14 months old. And so she's walking real good, and she's just tall enough to go up to the, have y'all ever seen those sound bars? That like are right in, you put them right in front of the TV, they're, they're long, rectangle, and they, they, they're, they're um, if you have a flat screen TV, the sound isn't good. And I like good sound. So I bought a sound bar. Well, the, the way it works is that the, the, the signal comes from um, the source, goes through the sound bar, and then to the TV. So it goes through the sound bar. Well, she likes to get up there and play around on the sound bar. And she'll just, you know, and we're trying to tell her, you know, uh, like we got told when we were little, you know, get away from the TV. Get away from TV, you're going to hurt your eyes, right? She doesn't listen, and so she's up there playing. And so now we have to block it, actually. But before we learned that we have to block it, what she would do is she would hit the wrong button. And she would turn it off. And whenever she would, the other, or the daughter, Kaylee, she would be like, Daddy, TV not working. Because the signal would get stopped. The signal was still there, but because she changed the input, the signal got stopped. And there's things in our life like that that'll stop faith from working. It's not that you're not hearing the word. It's not that you're not in the house of God. It's not that you don't love God. It's that there's things in your life and, and, and little things in our life like this that I'm going to outline for you. Today, I'm probably going to just focus on one because I'm, I'm setting this up and we don't have but so much time. But these, there's multiple things that we do that thwart the word of God from flourishing. And when, and when that happens, faith cannot work because faith comes how? By hearing the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing the word. If you want to know how to build your faith, you've got to hear the word. You've got to have the word. You've got to have the word taught. You've got to hear it. You've got to get in your spirit. Point to yourself. Point to yourself and say the word of God. Come on, say it loud and proud. Say the word of God must get in my spirit. How does that happen? We have to hear it. Y'all know your, your three parts. You are a spirit. That's who you are. That's the real you. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. I'm going to have you say it with me as well. Say, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. 
Y'all sounding good on that one. All right. I was, gonna, I was actually already prepared to tell you to say it again. But y'all did good on the first one. But now that I've messed up the series, we're going to have to say it again anyways. Okay. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a body. Excuse me. I have a soul. I live in a body. Okay. This is important for us to note because faith is a matter of the heart. I'm going to show you that in a minute. Faith is a matter of the heart. The word of God works because it gets planted in our spirit. It gets planted in our spirit. The devil comes to steal. There's many things. For instance, I'm going to focus on one today, but but I want to just plant some seeds on some other ones. Did you know that it's impossible for God to forgive you unless you forgive others? Unforgiveness is one of these things that will thwart us. The Bible actually says that God will not hear our prayers when we don't forgive others. Isn't that amazing? So unforgiveness is a faith stealer. The Bible says that we can speak into the mountain, we can tell it to be removed, to be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in our heart. See, doubt is a faith stealer. When we doubt... We, we, we are, we're, we're, we're literally anti-faith. We can't have doubt in our heart. I'm going to talk about that. We talked a little about, actually, we talked a little bit about that on Thursday. But today, I want, I want to talk about another one. You know, if I ask you to make a list of sin, sins, if all of us were to make a list of sins, if we were to write down right now, I hope you are taking notes. I hope you're taking, maybe you're taking notes on your phone if you don't have a pen or, or paper, but I hope you, when you come that you're ready and you're astute and you're, you're tuned in. And, and when, when you are, if you were to, to make a list of sins, I bet this one wouldn't be on the list. I think all of us would say, you know, murder, that's a sin. Lying, that's a sin. Fornication, adultery, those are sins, right? We, we, we know these, these quote-unquote big ones. But the Bible says that all sin is the same to God. And so if the Bible tells us not to do something and we do it, that's a sin. Did you know that the Bible tells us not to worry? Do not be anxious for anything. Let's look at it. Philippians 4, 6, because I want you to see it on the screen. I want you to go with me there. Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. Say that with me. Say, be anxious for nothing. All right, come on, say it loud and proud. Say, be anxious for nothing. Y'all want to say it in a more fun way? Say, be anxious for nada. For nothing. There's not one thing in the world that I should be anxious about. Not one thing I should be worried about. Now, one thing I should be concerned about, you know what worry is? Worry is literally you saying, God can't do what he said he would do. I don't trust, and so I'm worried. I don't trust God to actually do and actually take care of me and actually hear my prayers and actually follow through. And his timing, I just can't wait, and I can't be patient, and so I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm not much of a worrier, but I can tell you something. If you want to worry, plant a church. I'm just telling you, I mean, because you start, you start thinking, are people going to show up or things going to happen? And, and you know, but we cannot worry. I can't let myself get into worry because if I'm worrying, that means I'm not trusting God. He says, be anxious for nothing, but this is awesome. But in everything 
by prayer and supplication. Supplication is in the heartfelt, heartfelt request. That's what supplication is. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. Say it with me one more time. Be anxious for nothing. We'll say it this way. We're going to have some more fun. Say, don't worry. Be happy. Come on, say it again. Say, don't worry. Be happy. Y'all know I'm not much of a singer. Don't have me up in here singing. Be anxious for nothing. The word anxious here literally means anxious to the point of distraction. Anxious to the point of distraction. That means that the devil would like for us to, to, see, again, his point is to remove the word, his focus. If he can get the word out of our life, one of the first things that is going to get inserted is worry. Because if, if worry, excuse me, if the word of God builds faith and I'm in faith, truly in faith, then I've got nothing to worry about. See, I'm not saying that you, that you don't have concerns or that you're not aware of what's around you. There's a difference. There's a difference. As a matter of fact, most Christians, sometimes I think we, we almost feel guilty if we're not worried about so-and-so. We feel guilty if we're not concerned about our siblings or our family members who aren't saved or, or, or what, you know, circumstances like that. We, we almost feel guilty like I have to. But there's a difference between having concerns, being aware of a situation, and worry, anxiousness, to the point where it owns you, where it has you, where it moves you. See, you can't let anxiousness, you can't let anxiety, you can't let worry. And, and you know, I know that people like to, to, to you know, there's, I, I shouldn't say it that way. There, I believe that there are clinical uh, um, research and all kinds of things out there that show and prove that there are, are, are anxiety and there are disorders and all that kind of stuff. I actually believe that. But what I, I wholeheartedly believe on top of that is the root is the devil. The root of that, if there is a true clinical disorder that says that you have a, a um, you know, anxiety attacks, for instance, that the reason you would have those is because the devil has con- somehow confounded your inner being. Remember, you're a spirit, but you have a soul. And so your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That means that my soul, because we're a three-part being, catch this now, this is important, my soul can affect the other the other two. My soul can affect, right? So if, I, if I'm not careful, the Bible says that we have to, and I'm going I'm to I'm tie this together. Y'all stick with me. But we have to guard our hearts and our minds, okay? So, so I'm guarding my spirit, right? But I also have to guard my mind. I have to guard what I hear and what I listen to and what goes in. The devil wants you to worry. The devil wants you to be anxious. The devil wants you to not, if you're not in faith, then nothing's going to happen. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you can't please him, if the devil can confuse you and confound you in a way that, the, that you live in anxiousness and worry, man, he's got you. Because that's just going to be the start of other things that are going to be anti-faith. We must live by faith. The just, the Bible tells us, the just shall live by faith. Say that with me. Say, the just shall live by faith. 
One more time, say it like you're living by faith. Say, the just shall live by faith. That's Romans 1.17. We have to live by faith. I heard this from a great uh, uh, minister, and, and I want to borrow it, because it's really the best, one of the best descriptions of worry that I can think of or describe. How many of y'all, going back to, to, to the mortgage analogy, how many of y'all know when you, when you buy a house, you have to put money down on it? How many of y'all have ever put something on layaway? Yes. You have to put money down, Right? Every once in a while, they'll offer no money down, but most of the time, you have to put money down. How about a car? If you buy a car, you have to go and you have to put money down. How many of y'all would go to a car lot, look around at the cars, think about it for a while, talk to a few salesmen, then go in to the cash register, take out $5,000, and put it down? And they'd say, oh, thank you for putting your down payment which vehicle would you like? Which vehicle are you putting this down payment for? Oh, I'm not, I'm not putting it down on a vehicle. Oh, uh, sir, I'm sorry, you're just, are you just giving us $5,000? Yeah, I'm just making a down payment. But a down payment on what? Oh, I, nothing. Nothing? That, sir, this is a car lot. There's, there's hundreds of cars out here. I, I think that if you're going to put this money down, you should, chip. no, 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 I don't want a car. I just want to put $5,000 down. Just a down payment. See, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. You may never actually have that problem. How many of us worry and are concerned about a problem we actually don't have yet? It's a conversation that we don't want to have and so we're worried. It's an issue that might get worse. It's a doctor's report that that just got started, but I'm already thinking about the end result instead of thinking about God's word and his end result and what he declared and what he said about me. And so instead of thinking about his word, I began to worry and think about the ulterior path, the ulterior, uh, the alternative result. That's where we get out of faith. And worry becomes a down payment on a problem you may never have. Don't, do not let the devil remove the word from your life so that you worry. I'm going to tell you how to not worry, but before I do, I wanted to give you one more scripture that goes right along with this. It's 1 Peter 5, 7. I would write that one down. So we were at Philippians 4. We're actually going to go 6 through 8 there, Philippians 4, 6 through 8. So, so you might want to mark that. We're going to actually come back there. But 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Let's put that up on the screen. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Point at yourself one more time. Come on, do it, do it, do it. You got to do it. Say, he cares for me. How many of y'all have ever gone fishing? When you go fishing, you take a rod and a reel, you put some bait on it, and you cast it out. I was talking to uh, um, one of the members in the church this week, and he went fishing in the storm, and he showed me like eight different bass that he caught in his little pond out behind his house just this week. But the thing is, is when you cast out your reel, you also reel it in, right? And you cast out the reel, and you reel it back in. And if you do, you, you catch a fish. And most of the time, that's how you, how you, especially if you're bass fishing. My point is this. That's what we do as Christians. We cast our cares on the Lord, and then we bring them back. And we cast them on the Lord, and we bring them back. And we cast all our cares on the Lord. I need you to take care of it. Lord, I can't handle it. Lord, I believe in your word. 
but I'm going to just hang on to it, and I'm going to keep it. But the thing is, is if you're hanging on to your problems, he doesn't have them. If you're hanging on to your issues, he doesn't have them anymore. He, does, he no longer can take it. You've got to give it to him and literally trust in him by faith. And let, and let him do, listen, he's going to work through you. He's going to help you. He's going to, to be with you. He is going to give you wisdom and God. His word is true. It is always true. And if he said that he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us, then he's going to help us. You can clap. I saw you starting to get excited over there. Come on now. I'm excited too. I don't mean to yell. I just, I can't help but get excited when I talk about his goodness. Because that's really, my faith is in his word. And his word tells me who he is. And not only do I have the words on a page, I have a revelation in my heart and an experience with him that I I cannot change. I cannot go back. But I still have to work to stay in faith. I have to work to not let, let worry take over me. Because if I'm worrying, if I'm worrying, I'm not actually casting my cares on him I'm holding on to it I'm holding on to that worry now this does not mean that we don't work God I'm casting my mortgage on you and I'm quitting my job (laughs) I do not suggest you do that that won't work we have to cast our cares on him that that does that what what we're literally saying here what this verse is saying is that you that you cast the worry, the anxiety, the trouble, because his word says that he is always for us. That he knows your needs before you knew them. So that means that I don't have anything to worry about. Look at Philippians 4, 6, one more time. I don't have anything, nothing, nada to worry about. Nothing to worry about. So how do we... How do we avoid worry? What do I do instead of worrying? Let's look at this verse one more time. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Number one, I want you to pay attention to and write this down, in everything. In everything. See, there's something to this statement here that in everything, I've got to do the following. That it's not just when I feel like it or not just when it's convenient or not just when it's easy, but if I'm going to be in faith, then in everything. The Bible says to praise God at all times, to have praise ever be in in my mouth, that his praise shall ever be, meaning forever should be in my mouth. I should always have a praise. I should always have a praise. I should always have a God, I thank you. I know that this looks so dark and so gloomy, but last time it did too and you brought me out of that, you'll bring me out of this one. I know that it looks one way, but I see your word. And by faith, I see the outcome. By faith, I see the mountain going into the sea. By faith, I see your word coming to pass in my life. Always have a praise in your mouth, in everything, in every circumstance, in every situation, in every case. There's no place, no situation where you should not be able to do the following. Number two, pray. 
Cast it. Cast your cares. Pray. Take it to God. He says, make your requests be known to him by prayer and sincere requests, by supplication. That means, you know, it doesn't take long. You don't have to have a three-hour intercessory prayer session with all your prayer partners from work. That's great. I'm obviously not opposed to that. But all it takes is a heartfelt, the Bible says the heartfelt, effectual prayers of righteous men and women make much power available. When you just have a heartfelt, effective prayer before God, that's all you need. It can be in your car. It can be in the bathroom at work because the boss just came in and let you have it. Whatever it may be. Right in the middle of the classroom while the professor, whatever it is, whatever it is, in everything, in every situation, number one, in everything, number two, cast it. Number three, praise. This is really good. I mean, if y'all don't write anything down, write this down. Praise until you have peace. Praise until you have peace. Praise God with everything that's within you until you have peace. Because here's what he says in verse seven. Check this out. Here's what he says in verse seven. If you go on and you read this and the peace so, so we see there in verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and praise. He says, and thanksgiving. Y'all saw that? And thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God. So I'm making my requests known. I'm praying. I'm casting it on him. I'm praising him. I'm thanking him already. That's what it says. Come with thanksgiving. And then the peace of God. The peace of God, which Passes, which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God. See, we have to praise him until we have peace. Praise him until you, if, if you want to know when you're out of worry, when the worry's gone, it's when you've got peace. And he says he'll give it to you. In every situation, in everything, prayer and supplication, I make my request known to you, God. I know what your word says, and by faith, I receive it. And you begin to just praise him. All you got to do is cast it. Cast it. Don't reel it back in. Cast it on him, and then just begin to praise him. Just begin to, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you that your word is true, and it's always true. And your word says that you'll always supply my needs, that you'll supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, I don't need to know how you're going to do it. I just know you're going to do it. So, Lord, I praise you right now. Y'all can praise with me. Go ahead. Come on. This is how we praise God. We say, Lord, I just praise you because your word says that when I draw close to you, you'll draw close to me, and I need you in my life right now. So, Lord, I'm just pushing into you, and I know you're going to push into me. Lord, I I praise you because your word says that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am over and not under. Are y'all going to let me be the only one to praise it here today? Come on now. I, this is how we, we've got to get a praise in our mouth. Come on, y'all just take a minute and just shout. Say hallelujah. Come on, say glory. We've got to praise him. We've got to have a praise in our mouth. You've got to, I don't mean to, you know, I know that's not typically good fashion for you to, you know, hey, you got to do this. But I'm telling you, because the word tells us we got to come with prayer and thanksgiving. You don't necessarily have to jump and shout like I did, 
but you got to have a praise. And, and actually, in, throughout Psalms, we see David, he, he jumped, he shouted, he danced. Maybe you're a little, you know, I used to be too dignified to do it in church. I'll be honest, I did. I, 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 was, I, was, I, was not, I was not going to run. I thought, listen, those Pentecostal people running and jumping, I don't know about all that. Okay, I believe in God, I love him. But, and then one day, in a church service, God just touched me. And I took off running around that building. I don't remember how old I was, but I was like, Did I, am I in the middle of running? Oh, I'm running. But I was excited because God, when God does something for you, you know, however you praise him, you got to have a praise. And you need to praise him until you have peace. Pray until you have peace. Praise until you have peace. Take it before God until it's totally off of you and you've got a peace. That surpa- Check this out. It surpasses all understanding. That word understanding there, that's a natural understanding. That, that means, and I've said this before, it's not that we don't have understanding. It's that we don't need to rely on it, right? If we, if we look at his word, he tells us that we trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. Proverbs 3, 5, lean not into your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us that. So it's not that, if you look at this verse here, it surpasses my understanding. His peace goes beyond, I don't have to understand how I'm going to get the peace. That's why we worry, right? It's because we don't know how we're going to get to the peace. I don't know how I'm going to get to the, the end result. I don't know how I'm going to get over the situation. But I tell you this morning, by the Holy Ghost, that is faith. That I, that I have faith that I don't care how I get there. I don't care how I get over the mountain. I can, I can be elevated over the mountain. He can, he can jump me over the mountain. I can go right through the mountain. He can move the mountain. I don't care, but I'm getting over that mountain, baby. And I'm going to get through it to the other side. And it doesn't matter what obstacles in my way. I can get through it. I can get past it. I can get over it. He'll remove it. He's done it before and he'll do it again. That is faith. That's faith. Listen, faith says, I don't care. I know I have understanding. I know the doctor told me one way I can get healed, but I know a miracle working God. I know the debt collector told me they're going to take my house, but I know another way. See, we have to have and rely on the other way. What I want you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to start today and train. you got to train yourself that when you see and you feel this anxiousness, this worry come over you, you gotta, you got to go into this Philippians 4 mentality that in everything I need to pray. I need to cast it, and I need to praise him until I have peace. I need to pray. I need to cast it, and I need to praise him until I have peace. I need to pray. I need to cast it on him, and I'm going to praise him until I have peace. Philippians 4, lifestyle. That's a faith lifestyle. And we were, when we remove worry, we allow faith. It's like that sound bar in front. When we have the right input, it flows through and it works. Philippians tells us that this is, this is peace that passes my natural understanding. Because faith is a matter of the heart. Faith is a matter of the heart. Understanding, y'all get this, understanding is a matter of the head. 
But faith is a matter of the heart. So when, I, when I'm living by faith, the just, what does it say? The just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17, the righteous, that's another way to say it, the righteous shall live by faith. We should live by faith. I said this last week. It's not just that we live by faith, but when we, that, that when we operate by faith, we live. Faith provides life. The just shall live by faith. In order for us to live by faith, worry cannot overtake us. When you start worrying, when you start be anxious for nothing, when you start feeling that, come on, you got to fight it. You got to pray, you got to cast it, and you got to praise. You got to pray, you got to cast it, and you got to praise. Stand up on your feet, and I want you to say that with me. Say, pray, Pray. cast it, praise, Praise. until I have peace. Say, praise, until I have peace. I'm going to praise until I have peace. One more time, say, I'm going to praise until I have peace.